So I'm here with Tina. Uh, she's a hotel owner. And uh, I, I want to kind of get to know you, Tina, and figure out, you know, how you started the hotel and what, what interested you about starting it. So can you, can you go a little bit into the story about how you started this hotel and what interests you about it? Yeah, absolutely. Hi, how are you? Um, I, from my background, I live, I have been living here in, in La Morada, in LA County and Orange County pretty much all my life. I grew up in India. And uh, when I came, came here, I was very young. Um, I was 20 years old and I got married my, to my husband at a very early age. Um, didn't know what, what life is going to bring in. And I came here, it was really new life, new culture, new um, um, marriage, everything else too. Uh, along, so I had a lot of, lot of challenges on my, in my personal life, in the business life. Um, I was very much struggling um, with everything. I wanted financial freedom. I wanted to live life at my own term. Um, but just a lot of issues were going on. So I tried working different places and just really didn't work. So every time something doesn't work, I go back to school and learn something new. Um, so I have um, a very um, background in many, many different um, areas from microbiology to engineering to business, sales marketing, international business management, because I learned so much Throughout my learning, I kind of developed the idea of being a business owner. And that's where I started um, um, learning more about businesses. So I also started kind of a different businesses and something doesn't work out, I, I try to learn more about it. Um, in that process, I started with um, import-export business, having um, recording. I, I just developed a program to teach foreign language. Um, so I had that going on for a while. I was importing and exporting like items like cosmetics, uh, toys and smaller items and sell it to, uh, for a profit. Um, after a while, I started retail businesses like Togo's, Baskin Robbins and ended up in a hotel business. So I have made a lot of mistakes in my life. Um, what, was Togo, what was Togo's like? Togo's was um, amazing. It's in Brea. I still have, we have that store. Uh, I mean, not I have it, but um, I sold it. Um, it was really good idea. Uh, I love it. I love sandwiches, and I think they have best sandwiches compared to um, Subway or Quiznos or something like that. Uh, they do use fresh food, and uh, the quality um, and quantity both were really good. So I really liked that. I learned a lot from that because I had to go through a lot of management training and I had a combination store, Togo's and Baskin Robbins. And at that time they were also Dunkin' Donut brand as well. So I learned a lot because Dunkin' Donut is a big brand. Um, so I learned a lot management and um, how to operate businesses, how to work with employees, um, how to get profit, how to turn around sales. So that really helped me, but I still wanted to scale my business. So I went back to college and then I got my uh, MBA in business and marketing. And then I started, um, at that time I started teaching colleges here, business classes. So I learned even more. And at the same time, I just um, uh, started my hotel business. Um, and I have been really successful in this business. Uh, I have doubled up my sales 
in millions, um, even in Togos as well. When I took over Togos, I doubled up sales there, really have growth opportunity there as well. Sold my businesses with a great profit. Um, so it's a stepping stone for each business. And right now, right now I'm very happy with the hotel business, but I'm teaching colleges, business classes, and doing hotel, um, I still felt like I wanted to do something more. Uh, so I quit my job in, in the college, um, I would say last year. And then I started a um, little over a year ago and then I started my coaching business. So that's where I am, uh, <laughs> just a long journey. My undergrad is in microbiology and then I did engineering and other businesses and here I am. So it's just a, Very nice. not, I dabbled in many, many, Yes, definitely. Um, so tell me, uh, what interests you about getting into the hotel space? What, wh why did you think that was um, a great business to be in? And uh, was it just something that you're passionate about? Or what? what um, it's funny that you ask because um, I was not passionate about hotel businesses. Um, I was more um, passionate about marketing and management at that time oh. and I was trying to learn to be online marketers and just kind of um, um, I got my degree and I wanted to just kind of uh, try to start my own business in marketing and uh, oppor opportunity came along to own the hotel and I thought okay that's a wonderful idea so I look into that um, I, at that point, I could learn, I could understand more like uh, my profit and um, my investment and all, all those things. So I thought, okay, this is a great opportunity if my money sitting in the bank will give me 1% interest. And if I invest in the hotel, if I get like 10, 20%, I thought that would be wonderful. So I bought this hotel and I had an agent who said, well, you don't have to run the hotel. We will run it for you and we, we are the management company and we will run the, your hotel. So I was very excited. I did not want to quit my marketing job or business. And then just uh, when they took over, I felt like they were not really operating the business the way they should. Huh. A couple of times I visited my hotel and it's in Arizona, I'm in California. And when I, I went there, I felt like, oh my gosh, the customers are not happy because I, I'm all about customer service. And yeah. the hotel was not that clean. And that's my first perception that I have to have clean hotel. Um, so there were a lot of things, not inventories were not there and people were not having um, enough supply. I When I went there one time, I remember one customer came and he says, I don't have toilet tissue paper. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you don't have that supply. I mean, I could never believe it how the management company was operating the business. So I had talked to them many times and kind of I dived in. I didn't understand the hotel business at that time, but I just dived in and I kind of realized that it's a huge opportunity for me to grow that business. I love it. I love to work with people. I can manage, I can market, I can grow. And um, the management company is not going to do anything as a matter of fact, I will lose my shirt if I cap them. So I just kind of fired them and uh, took over. Wow. So more and more I learned, I just more and more I kind of, um, I'm liking it. Um, I, actually, I'm loving it because it's also challenging. I'm in California and running the small business, small hotel in small town. It was very challenging hiring uh, 
unqualified, I would say, um, employees and just running the business very professionally, like five-star business hotel. It was very challenging, but I'm so proud that I'm doing that for 10 years. And in that process, I have literally doubled up the sales. So I'm really, really um, happy about that. Um, it, it's now in millions and um, everything is running smoothly. A lot of people ask me, like, how do you manage your hotel from distance? <laughs> so that's um, uh, that comes like a business management and the skills. And um, wow. I'm making everything so organized, so efficient. So I don't have to be there. Um, at the same time, um, I can grow in that business. Wow, that's interesting. So you, you were, that, that business was in Arizona, right? The hotel business, you said? Yes, yes. So you were away from that business. So what were the things you did to uh, help that business run without you? So in any business, um, there are main departments that are like operations, operational department, human resources department, sales and marketing, and financial department, right? Yeah. So I just put one, one section at a time. So what was not right in operational, I just kind of learned everything. What is not right? What is not working? Where I want to go. Um, I took my goal where I want my hotel to be and I did reverse engineering and I just went backward. Like what is not working? Well, where, what can I change? How can I change it? And I, try, I just kind of changed the whole set, like about management team to the front desk operational team to the the uh, housekeepers and laundry person and everything i just kind of trained them i came up with a, a lot of different solutions for the problem i kind of really understood i hear them what's going on in their mind and i kind of uh, came up with uh, many many different solutions every time i'm still after 10 years we still have problems we come up with solution and that's how we kind of retrained everybody so everything is running smoothly uh, from human resources, same thing, just everybody just retrained, kind of understand but the point of view, why we are in the hospitality business. We are not just giving them rooms. We are really giving them experience. And that was the big change for them. So they kind of understood that. And in that process, making it really right, everything, every department making it right, really come up with the, all the standard procedure. Because my, my th thoughts are in this one, like, you can tell somebody to make peanut butter jelly sandwich. And then you think like, wow, that's so easy. They can do it, right? <laughs> but the person have not seen peanut butter in their life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, that the hard way. I, I understand. Yeah, 100%. Because um, there's some things you think are just like, they're easy, but you have to almost think like a, a fifth grader just to make sure that everybody understands. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So initially I was thinking, wow, that's so easy. You know, you welcome the guests, you put that smile, you know, you say, welcome to Best Western. How are you doing? How can I help you? Or where are you coming from? Have small chat or something like that. And my employees were not doing that before. They would just say, can I have your credit card? That was their first question. So <laughs> I was just complaining them like, no, we, we are not selling the rooms here. We are just selling the experience, you know? So yeah. um, really um, change their whole mindset was a little bit tough. And uh, initially I was not understanding why they don't get that, but it just, like that peanut butter jelly sandwich. Yeah, so I started of, step by step. What a fifth grader would understand, and that's exactly. Really, so yeah, that, that's that's interesting. So when you thought of like a role to fill regarding mm -hmm. systems that needed to be made in your company, 
did you do you have one employee focus on one thing as opposed to 10 different things for me that's been helpful but what has that been the same thing for you like you're going to do this one thing you're going to do it really uh uh amazingly Right, right. Yeah, definitely. It it helps that way too. Um, so we do have a role that first one they need to accomplish that. Um, so if it's a front desk person and if it's a manager or a breakfast attendant, they need to understand that hundred percent first. Now, if they do it, then I do cross train them to do a little bit different work. So front desk also can help out in the customer in the breakfast room, just kind of going there and just asking the guest, how are you doing today? Did you sleep well? How is your day so far? Can I help you with anything? Just a little bit of cross training in the breakfast room really help um, a lot to get our surveys and everything better. So I do cross train them, but primarily I just have them focus on lean one task. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So one task. And then do you ever give them like five tasks ever if they're, if they've proven competent at some point? Uh, yes. Yes. Many of them, they can do a lot of, a lot of things too. So this kind of supervised. So I, let's say front desk manager, I just, um, he, he, learns everything what to do at the front desk how to take care of the guest guest complaint how to wow them how to provide that extraordinary experience then he also can learn a little bit about the breakfast room and just kind of uh, talk to the guests the idea is the same he's doing the same job in a different environment then he can also go out on the property and talk to the guests when they are checking out or checking in or something like that and talk to them as well while he's doing that he also kind of keep an eye on the other housekeepers, how they are interacting with the guest. So they do learn four or five things, but in their own areas, especially the manager or at the front desk. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, and so how many employees did you grow to at, at some point? We have um, about, I would say 20 employees. 20 employees, okay. Mm -hmm. And- turn uh, out higher, but- What was that? The turnaround rate is higher sometimes, you know, in especially in the housekeeping department or laundry department, um, because of the the town we have. We are we are in a very small town. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. Um. So how do you deal with that? Like, uh, let's say the turnaround if in a small town is very stressful. I would say because it's hard to look for employees, and um, and if there's a if there's a high turnaround, then you always have to keep searching. So what were you doing to resolve that? So um, we constantly, uh, the procedure procedure is really, really number one of our priorities. So we have word document about everything. So for example, housekeeping, we have to clean room. The way we want to clean the room, everything is step by step. What do you do first you enter in the room? Where do you start? Exactly, exactly what to do. And um, then we have videos of, about how to clean the rooms. So before we hire somebody, uh, we kind of talk to them and see what is their interest, how they are gonna, um, how they are gonna be good fit for us or not. And once they are, we also kind of let them know that okay, you're gonna start working with us, and then see how we are doing, how you are gonna do. So first day we we train them. And then second day, we let them work on their own, but they really get a good idea about how to clean the room. And then we watch them from distance. Second day, we watch them closely. Third day, we watch them from distance. After they are done, we kind of check their work. 
if they missed anything we kind of talked to them and then after a fourth day or so we just um, check their work occasionally so maybe once a week and once a month or something like that until they yeah. really so yeah. it's kind of so, they, they earn your trust and then eventually you kind right. of give them more leeway with right. earning you, your attention on them uh, right right that's great so yeah so i think most of the time i found out that any places um they, most of the places don't have good training you know i mean my son is just a lawyer and he started working and really there was no training for first eight months you know so oh. i kind of felt that too that in the even a, um, this kind of job even housekeeping or front desk or any kind of a job they don't have great trainings and then they, that makes a huge difference so for me i just really make sure that new person really knows what to do even though they are going to be there for one month i don't care because i want them to do exactly what experienced person do in our hotel to yeah. avoid a lot of customer complaints avoid issues and everything afterwards with the best restaurant and we want to avoid all together so we really train them thoroughly on the day one on the small tasks that they're supposed to do and then we'll grow into more different tasks too if the person is qualified if not they go away then that's fine but if they are with us for one month they do they clean the room the way other experienced person do it you know so that's our goal. So we try to, um, it's very hard to, in that small town to keep motivating people. That's another thing we do that too as well. But um, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work, right? Because everybody has different motivation. Money is not the only motivator, so. Yeah, what, what are some other motivations that you found with employees that really um, help drive them? Um, Motivation-wise, um, money is one, one of them. Second one is just acknowledging them, you know, just a kind of, a, I don't ever come out as a boss. I always come out like um, we are a team. We are working in a team, doesn't matter. It's a housekeeper or the front desk manager or an owner or a partner or anybody. Sure. Everybody is same level, it's a teamwork. So nobody really feels that way. I really put them on pedestal because we, I just talked to them. These are the departments in, the, in our house, that's our hotel. So one person is doing one job. It's most important job because they, if the clean rooms are clean, then everybody is happy. Guests are happy. We are happy. We don't get complained. The business is booming. But if it's not, then it doesn't work. So they are a very important person. They are asset for my company. So that's how I treat each and every employee, that they are truly our asset. There is no small job or big job or anything like that. Even manager... I, I really have a lot of meetings with them. They have to train each and every employee at the equal level. So put them on pedestal, you know, work with them like they are a part of business, not just like an employee. Yeah, um, that's wonderful. So you, you, you make everyone feel special, like they're part of the team and they're important in the yes. in the know, know them about their, their family. If uh, um, their kids' birthday comes, even Halloween, a lot of them have small children. So on Halloween, I just give them, I just buy different costume for them. And it's a small town, so everybody really gets happy. The kids dress up and uh, I provide the, the, the costumes, what they like, and they come for candies and everything. So it's just more, we are building relationship with the employees too, regardless if they start one week ago or, or like one year ago. And that really makes everybody feel special. 
we have more like uh, lunches and some dinners. Sometimes we just have some activities going on that we participate in the town. So it's just like a one big family. Yeah, that's wonderful. I love that. Um, okay, great. And so what were some other things you were doing to like build the culture in uh, of the culture of your staff to be able to scale? Um, you know, uh, what are, what are uh, you know, things that you did to help drive the business? So um, the customer service and the experience that we give the customers, um, that truly doubled up our sale because in that town, everybody else is just like, like 10, 20 years behind. <laughs> so um, that was just easy. As I, as I mentioned, they treated like this, this is a motel. Um, and when I saw that, it's a small town, small business. But if we do run our business like five-star hotels, not like a, having bar or big restaurants or nothing like that, but the service-wise, if we really treat our guests the way we get treatment in in um, Sheraton's or Marriott or, you know, Rick's Carlton or whatever, you know. So if we do that, we are just setting ourselves apart from our rest of the hotels in the town. And that's exactly what we did. We talked to each and every, every customer. 10 minutes, sometimes we talk. We really ask them, like, how are you doing? How was your day? Where are you coming from? And I don't see that even when I go to higher-end restaurants. You know, they, don't, they are friendly, but not that friendly. So I really try to just make them feel like their customers are coming to home, not a hotel. And that really helps a lot. Now, some customers don't want to talk because they are in, in a rush or something like that, and that's fine. We really understand what they need, what makes them special, what, what really um, makes them feel more like a warm environment in our hotel. That's what we provide, the warmth environment and friendly service. They really, really like that. Once they check in, we talk to them, check in, we call them and just make sure everything is great for them. Uh, if they need anything, we provide the service. In the morning, same thing. When they have breakfast, we really, really kind of build that connection in one night. And we talk to them, how did they sleep, where they are going. We just help them with anything that they need to going out. There is a gas station right there. There's a cheaper gas there. Uh, this is how you get on the freeway or whatever they need. We just kind of talk to them. And we just let them know, hey, tell other friends too about our business because we are in a small circulatory town and um, it does work. Word of mouth still works, you know, in this time of need. So a little bit like that, the providing friendly culture with employees first and then they do work with the customers. That really helped us to go um, in higher scales. Besides that, definitely cleanliness, we really, really emphasize that. So we really want to make sure that we don't cut corners anywhere. So in the hotel, whatever it takes, we just try to make sure that um, we walk our talk. So the service is good. When they go in the room, the experience is good. If they have any issues, we take care of that right then. Um, we don't just say, well, oh, sorry, the pool is closed. We don't just say that, but we really kind of empathize with them and just kind of provide something else if something is not working. So that really helps us to grow. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, so did you have like a Yelp uh, that where you would get reviews from people from the town? or? Um... Most of the times I think they go on a Best Western website because Best Western is also doing a great job yeah. uh, with the customer reviews and the cleanliness. That, that is always 
um, I heard about the day um, somebody um, was from Hampton in, and uh, he said, I just came to check out what do you guys do in Best Western that's better than even Hampton Inn? Because our president really emphasizes on um, cleanliness. He doesn't care whether you have a small brown, mid-scale hotel or five-star. The cleanliness across the board is the same thing. And we go above and beyond for cleanliness and providing the standard that we have. So my standard is always going to be one step or higher than what we have. That really helps too. But most of the survey goes to Best Western. And there are some other on um, Google or um, TripAdvisor.com, um, Expedia, Priceline, something like that. Yelp, I haven't seen so much. Okay. Most hotels are on different, different platforms, like their own brand and then yeah. um, TripAdvisor.com. TripAdvisor, yeah, I hear a lot about TripAdvisor. But, um, yeah. So, um, that's great. So, you know, what's uh, some advice you can impart on someone uh, regarding creating a great customer experience for people? Um, should people, should companies, you think, even if they're smaller companies, do you think they should hire uh, a customer experience person full-time that just deals with customers and makes them happy? Um, if they can afford, yes. Yeah. <laughs> if they cannot afford, I think training everybody, that really helps. That's what I felt like it. I train even my housekeepers how to take care of the customers. Um, when they are walking around and when they see customers, they don't tell them they cannot find that room. They don't tell them that go that way. They just walk with them. You know, if they want something else, uh, they are just carrying their bag and just if they need help, you know, we just go and talk to them. We want to help them and just kind of uh, provide the service if they want it. So those kind of things, um, one person cannot do it. But if you have a budget, then definitely that person can watch everybody uh, and have make sure that, that that's the culture everybody's... Um, I think it's important. Yeah. I think it's important to have like a customer service, like somebody just dedicated to that alone. Yes, absolutely. Um, Very important. But some of the hotels cannot afford it. Then, then teaching everybody really helps and training your manager. Um, he, can, he can take care of all, all of these things. What I do is just um, my manager, I keep him free to take care of all of this, all of these things, the customer service sure. and everything so, else. So, I keep him half of the time free. So, so a lot of people are in different industries listening to this podcast. A lot of uh, people are from life science companies, but let's say um, th this, this applies to every industry, right? Whether it's right. you know, in the medical right. field, bedside manner, or you're in, uh, doesn't matter, restaurants, uh, you have to make sure that the experience is great for people. Or if right. in marketing, um, you know, you have to make sure that the customer feels special and that you're doing a great job for them and you're taking care of them. Um, so this applies to everything, but how would you, what type of training do you give your, your employees? Is, just, is it just your training or do you also get external training to come in and actually train your, your customers, uh, your, uh, sorry, your employees on how to uh, treat the customers? Um, with my hotel, it's my training only. And I feel like I'm well qualified to do that because I have 25 years of uh, entrepreneurial experiences. And I have taught 10 years business classes. So my business classes were from entrepreneurship, managing small business, business math, sales and marketing. I taught like every semester for 10 years. So I felt like I do have 
like lot to offer for my business. So I don't really hire somebody, but I think it will be a very good idea for anybody to just hire a professional to teach all those things. Because as a hotel owner, I can see that they are not in that mindset. Besides this, I also do so much like I do coaching, right? So um, I have a lot of personal growth in that area too. So I can incorporate that. Like what can we do? How can we add values to our customers? How can I, what can I do different than all my competitors? So a lot of things I do um, because I'm a coach, business coach as well. Um, but if the hotel owners, I, I know that they are not at that level. Their mind is mainly in the business, like how to operate the business, how how, how you get like um, net profit, how PNL works, how the financial statement works. They are very good at it, but they are not good at um, bringing extra values from outside, which is like like clear uh, clear mind, stay focused. You know, like customer complaints doesn't mean you just really get mad at them. You really kind of try to understand, listen to them, what need they have that, that you didn't meet. That's why they are upset. Kind of learning that is very hard for the hotel owner. Many of them, I, I can, I, I see that a lot, you know, their yeah. own beliefs are so different because they think like every time customer complains, they want free room. That's why they are complaining or they want discount. That's why they're complaining, but that's, a lot of limited beliefs that they have, they have to go against that. They really, really need to understand that we have so much potential in ourselves. Our employees have so much potential. We really need to tap into everybody and really find out what they can do, what kind of action they can take, the business owners and the employees, and the, the result, what kind of result that we are we wanted. And then just work on it. And that, that's how you're gonna get the results. And more and more, like better and better results you get, better and better you believe in yourself, your staff will believe in themselves and they will generate better and better results. They will take more action. So it's like a circle, you know, just like when employees feel happy, when they, they know that customers are really happy, they are not just after them. They are not gonna yell and scream at them without any problem. And if they are angry, we know how to listen to them. We know that something that they expected, we didn't provide. Now, what can we do? Let's just do that. Let's just provide something else, what we can offer them so they can be happy. Now, when they learn those kind of actions they take, the results are gonna be better. And once they have better results, they really believe in themselves. So that's a whole new culture that I really create with my staff and with myself. And that creates better results. Yeah, wonderful. Um, no hotel owner talks about it because this is way different. That's I have learned more from coaching and teaching college so students. Yeah, tell us about tell about your coaching experience. Like, what what did you start doing? How, how did you get into that? And what interested you in that? And how did you grow that that uh, practice? So, so like for as I mentioned, like I I came from India like almost thirty five years ago. And I had so many, so many challenges in my life, uh, starting with my, my husband, my in-laws, the business, the friends. I didn't have any friends here. So a um, lot of challenges I had it, and I really didn't know what to do about it. So I was just like angry, frustrated, and I'm like, I didn't sign up for this, right? I was so mad yeah. <laughs> that everybody says that uh, you come here and you have a better life. And I was like, I don't think so because I had perfect life. That's what I thought. Um, so my mind was going wild and I was like really, really unhappy, 
frustrated and uh, very depressed at some points, I would say. Um, then I started list, like kind of figuring out like what is going on? What can I do to, um, to make it better for myself? And then I started learning and following a lot of, uh, lot of people, like successful people um, who made it because then I kind of realized that everybody has so many challenges. I started reading biography and then I'm just like realizing how many challenges they had. They never gave up and they changed their thought process. And that's where I learned uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, which is the type of therapy that um, it's more like intervention uh, that many psychologists uses to help individuals to modify um, their negative thoughts and limited beliefs, um, and then turn them into positive and healthier thoughts. So many of us, a lot of people have beliefs that, okay, I'm black, I'm white, I'm short, I'm a woman, I'm a man. You know, we have so many issues and we just, when we believe that so deeply, that really holds us back and really doesn't help us to grow. We are just kind of um, get into the negative spiral and we keep going downward. But when I realized that, that CBT really, really, um, uh, that's like a cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, and then I kind of understand my thoughts, where they are coming from. Yes, there is a, I'm a woman and then I have hard times. Many, I had hard time that time um, negotiating with men in engineering business or in, in business in general. Um, those were my limitation, not anybody else. So when I changed those thoughts and kind of really kind of um, changed my mind and let go my past or let go my limited beliefs, let go my hurt feelings and guilt and fear and everything like that, that was more like my aha moments. And then it, little by little, I figured out that, okay, I am in charge of my life. I am in charge of my own happiness. Nobody else can take it away. And that was a huge shift for me. I started living consciously and living at my own term. And finally, I can say that now we just passed our anniversary that, um, uh, me and my husband are passionately in love at this point after 35 years of marriage. And definitely we did not start there, um, uh, start here at this point. Um, and it was not easy to get here, but it is a beautiful journey. And all these experiences really helped me to be who I am right now. And I am proud to say that I'm a successful coach and a business owner. Um, all my experiences in business and in my personal life really shaped me who I am right now. I love you. What, what are some challenges you had to overcome to, to get where you are today? Um, those are the challenges as I men mentioned like earlier that like my marriage, um, I'm so different than my husband. The expectations were so different. <laughs> and then to start relieving like the cultural gap too, right? So, well, what is your husband? What nationality is he? He's also Indian too. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, but um, we are day and night different, you know, so I'm very go-getter, I would say, and very positive, and um, I just want to fly in the sky, and yeah. he's just like, he likes to sit home and relax, and we both were at a different level. Nice person, but we both were at a different level. So, yeah. um, and then there were so many other issues when it comes to um, in-laws and other people that, that we didn't have priorities. So we really needed to figure out that we are the priority. The husband, wife is the priority, not everybody else. We love everybody dearly, 
but we learn to how to work with everybody, putting ourselves first. So that really made change, and it that took a while to get get there, you know, you, because the way we raised and the way we have our cultural culture and everything like that. So that was the biggest difference. Financially too, I my dad was a business owner in India. He um, he had his own private private uh, school where he was teaching all his life. So I think I had that seeds in my mind about how to take care of business and how to be a business successful business person. And my husband did not like that. So we had a lot of struggle. Every time I want to do something, he would pull me down. And I had to go <laughs> over that. <laughs> what type of, is it, are these some of the things you talk about with your coaching clients? Like, you know, let's say if, if, if you have a, a female entrepreneur who has a husband that that is staying at home kind of like yours do you coach mm-hmm. them through that do you walk them yeah, through absolutely them? absolutely Wonderful. with my clients yes absolutely with my clients um i take them where they want to go so i kind of evaluate where they are and there are so many ways that uh, we are stuck in our ways and we don't change it we think like this is how it, the life should be but our desire says something else and that's why we have all the negative thoughts so uh, we don't feel happy and you know just like um, a lot of marriages break you know that's why there are so many divorces so there is so many so many things to learn about everything like how you set your mind what are the expectations what do you want how do you work with each other and uh, not compromise i don't like compromise word i like passionate marriage not just uh, you give up this i give up this and we will live happily ever after that really doesn't work so in living in your own passion and how to make make how to make your marriage work that is a long I just had a relationship seminar and everybody loved it because that's what I talk about and nobody has to give up anything yet make your marriage passionate and that there are so many rewards for that because you are also setting your children to see an example so they see how the marriage should look like. We didn't have role models. I don't think I had, my mom and dad were the nicest people on the planet, but I don't think they were passionate people, uh, for each other at least. So, um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so that's what the role model I had, the same thing with my husband. So now we have an opportunity to have that in our lives so my kids can grow up and see, see that what the marriage should look like and how did i learn that learn from other people from reading books learning following people so that's where my 25 years of experience comes from a lot of lot of uh, reading a lot of learning a lot of following other people kind of figuring out so when i teach in my coaching they don't have to reinvent the wheels they don't have to spend 25 years to figure out how to have great marriage they can start from today from now and, and that way, both husband and wife both are happy. The kids are happy. Everybody's happy. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, so your husband, let's talk. Let's talk about that. Do you mind if we talk about this a little bit? No, more? not at all. Not okay. at all. So your husband, he was. Uh, he was. Uh, um, was he? What type of business was he in at that point? He was never in a business. So his mindset was, and I can say he's the nicest guy on the planet. But his mindset from day one was like a, he wanted government job and secure job. He had the fear factor that if I work in a private place, I may get um, 
laid off or I won't have a job or, a, you know, something like that he had in his mind. And that also comes from childhood too, um, seeing the parents surrounding or whatever. But um, he made up his mind, typically when I learned that, I, I did learn that, that most of the kids make up their minds who they are going to be at the age of five or eight. And we don't have any idea. So if you really don't really learn all this um, psychology behind it, you will really operate your whole life just like the way you were trained to do it when you were eight years old. Um, and you learn from teachers, your parents, your neighbors, from siblings, something like that. So my husband, that's what he had in his mind. And I learned from my dad to have business, to get freedom, to get money, you know, financial freedom. It's so much, it's so much better. I don't know. Like it's, it's so, it, it makes you so happy being a business owner. Uh, don't you think? Exactly. But, but not exactly. everybody's happy being a business owner. So, you know, and they have a different mindset too. I can a little bit talk about that too. But main thing is I think fear is the whole, fear is the one that's holding them back. What if I don't get successful? What if I don't get money? What if I don't, what if I fail? But truly nobody fails. As long as you learn from something, you are a successful person, a successful business owner. I, that's the reason I have changed many, many times. I never felt like I was failure. Wonderful. And so that, that helped you grow? That, that's the only thing helped me to grow. <laughs> I mean, that's a, one of the most important thing helped me to grow because I never, if this doesn't work, I do that. So for, as you asked me earlier, what makes you to choose coaching career? Uh, I was teaching for 10 years in the colleges um, and all my students, they were in a different type of settings. Mostly, most of the students wanted to pass the class or get the grade so they can transfer their degree somewhere else or they can get a job or what they wanted to do. Some wanted to start business too, but um, most of the people just wanted to get the um, certification done or a class passed or whatever. So that's the reason they were there. And I wanted to coach people. I wanted to really see the difference. And I, I kind of feel that because I am struggling myself for 35 years and I want to make sure that nobody has to do that. If it's your marriage or if it's your business or your job or with the kids relationship or anything, there is so much help out there and I can narrow it down for, for my clients. And that's the reason I started coaching business. Oh, I, love it. I can help somebody and I am helping a lot of people. I just have a recent client. I'm helping her in every way, a business, hotel business or, and her personal life with her kids and other relations. You help people see their blind spots that they don't really see. And yes, then they get stuck. They, yes. Mm -hmm. You help them see the, their blind spots and then you help them fix what's in that blind spot. Exactly. Because when we are stuck, we are just going down in the spiral. It, it is like this. This is like, a, um, it's like an encircle. Like we have potential. Just imagine there is a bubble of potential. We all have that. And from that, we take action. So when we take action, we get results. And whatever we get results, we, we kind of have image for ourselves. So if you get good results, you think like you did good, you're successful. And if you, um, if you feel that way, if you're proud of yourself, then you tap into more of your potential, take more actions, get better results, and then you feel much, much better. Let's so talk about, let's, let's, so 
so I, I love the, the advice that you've given so far. Um, but let's talk about you, you've exited multiple businesses and you've actually had to navigate family members uh, through family members, challenges, mm -hmm. and things like that. Um, yeah. But, you know, when, when you come like towards a, uh, when you come to an, a point of exit where you're going to sell your business, um, do you have any recommendations regarding that? To start a business? No, uh, with regards to your exit, so selling the business. Selling the business. Um, so I, I, I have sold my businesses for a profit. Um, so can you tell me like why you are selling the business for like, a, are you, uh, you are selling it for profit or you don't want to do uh, that business for your yeah. selling or? Oh, oh yeah, no. So I'm not selling the business, but I'm just saying anyone who's listening, like for, for mm -hmm. example, if let's say I just want to impart some, I get, give them some advice that would help them through the process of selling their business. When is it the right time? Is it ever a good time to sell your business? Um, if you're if you're enjoying it, like what if somebody offers a lot of money to you? Uh, you know, what are some of your thoughts on the on those things? So, so my thoughts are every every product typically has a cycle. If it's in the beginning stage, that is a good good place to stay in that business. Then when it comes to it, it goes through three different, three, four different stages. And when it's at mature state, um, then it's not good to stay in that business. Then you should think about changing it and um, getting out of that business or just um, add up with the new changes. So for example, like if you have a restaurant and if you are, um, your fine restaurants, everybody's dining in and we are locked down, what do you do? Do you just exit out or just do you close the door or what do you do? At that time, if you can just come up with a new ways to just uh, get the food um, out to different customers, then you can even stay in business. And I know many of the fine restaurants here in downtown, they have done it. Um, they come up with a new packaging that the food stays warm, they keep the the, the staff and they retain them and then now they are the one who's um, who's selling so much now the restaurants are open from last week now they have doubled their businesses in this time so the decision is like why are you um selling it where you are in your life cycle of the product if you are toward the end either sell it get out of there or change it make it something new um, if you're getting better price for then definitely go for it. Um, it that's how I sold my businesses as well. Um, another thing is for hotel. Um, I know many of us get in the hotel for get uh, depreciation and uh, you know a lot of taxes. It helps us in saving taxes and everything. But after seven years of cycle, everything kind of um, goes back. So you are starting paying everything. So you don't get that tax break that you are hoping for. In that case, you should just change the business, even though you can sell that hotel and just buy a new one where you start getting your tax break and uh, depreciation. So selling the hotel business after seven, 10 years is ideal. People do that rather than keeping it for good. You get more benefits with that. If um, you are in that cycle, if you have a physical product and if you are in that mature state, then you should sell that too because you are not going to make any more money or change it, change the product, make it new. People come with different packages all the time just to freshen up their product and then they can just start making more money of the same product. I love, um, it. I love it. 
Yeah. I love it. Um, okay, perfect. So uh, great, great advice. Uh, great podcast. I loved it. Um, let me know um, if, if somebody wants to reach out to you, how would they get a hold of you? So I have a website um, and I have a lot of information. I keep adding more information um, about life, about business, and it's free information that I keep posting it. Um, my website is bizlifecoachbytinagill.com. It's a biz, B-I-Z, life, L-I-F-E, coach, C-O-A-C-H, by B-Y, Tina, T-I-N-A, Gill. G-I-L-L dot com. Or you can email me if you want more information. If you want to join one of my webinar or seminar, um, you can also email me bizlifecoaching, bizlifecoach by Tina Gill at gmail.com. And my phone number is 562-310-3031. Um, again, there are so many information there that you don't have to spend even money to feel, uh, to get unstuck, you know, f- to live happy life, to live fulfilled life. Help. It's just a lot of great help and it's free help too. And if you can just uh, have a time and desire to learn more or just uh, make that quick change with your relationship, with your husband, with your wife, with your kids, um, start your own business or scale your own business. Um, you definitely can. I can have one-on-one coaching session and it's just a brief, maybe eight weeks. You can really change your life, turn it around, uh, turn around your relationship and have the passion that you want. Um, or you can join one of the seminar. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate it, Tina, and look forward to conversing with you again soon. Thank you so much, Frank. I really appreciate it. Um, I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.